1: Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, as it is Eastern time where Brian is. How are you doing today, Brian?
2: John, I'm doing well. It is morning time. It's just over the 10 o'clock hour here on the East Coast in North Carolina. Kind of chilly here, but uh, it's not great outdoor tennis weather, but luckily we have some indoor courts in my area.
1: Yeah, exactly the same for Germany and most parts of Europe, I would suggest. Um, Listen, we're here to talk about Andre Rublev. Uh, First of all, we we spoke about a few different possibilities, what we could talk about. And then we threw out a couple of players and you were like Andre Rublev for sure. Why Rublev?
2: You know, he's a fascinating character. I think for me, I love watching him play. You know, he seems like one of these tough, difficult guys that would be uh, someone you don't want to have a beer with or mess with off the tennis court but he's the complete opposite. Andre Rublev is one of the most pleasant people off the tennis court. I think uh, a huge statement he made, uh, you know, signing that camera, peace, 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 all we need. Uh, it shows a lot about his character. I don't want to get political or anything like that, obviously, but obviously, I think we all want to see things uh, end over there. And uh, Rublev uh, comes across as a genuine guy. Um, I've talked to many friends that are on the tour as far as coaches. They say he's just a pleasure to be around off the court but watching him on the court and the implodes and the explosiveness you see um i find that extremely fun to watch and also uh fascinating at the same time that he can go insane and still find a way and a path to win no more so than when he played against cam Norrie. the explosions first set at the us open i was there on louis watching that match i'm like okay, he's done he's I mean, this is a your, your typical rude meltdown i uh, won the match in three sets so uh i love Rublev. i really hope that he breaks through and maybe gets to a final four perhaps in one of the slams uh a lot to be uh thankful for for him in 2022 as a fan and hope to see a lot more coming in 23.
1: which slam do you think it's most likely to occur at if he is to make the final four
2: yeah you know i the slip-up last year was the Australian Open as the five-seed. I thought he had a pretty good path. And I'm going to go ahead and use that same tournament uh, just about three to four weeks away. I mean, I, I think this is the right surface for the uh, U.S. Open, his best run. He just kind of ran into a buzzsaw uh, in America against the, everybody's favorite player at the time, uh, Tiafoe. Uh, Tiafo, I think, won maybe 15 out of 16 tiebreakers this fall. So, and unfortunately, Rublev was a part of two of those. So I'll say Australia, maybe the U.S. Open. Really hard to figure out if Rublev is uh, a capable grass court player. Obviously last year was unfortunate that him and uh, his, his compadres weren't able to play in that. And, uh, you know, right. listen, he had a great French open run. Uh, he had a chance to beat Chilich in the uh, quarterfinals. That was shocking that, that he was that close to reaching the final four, as you just mentioned. So um, I'll say Australia and I apologize that there's a, my dog is ready to bark at our uh, right. at the guy that's about to take our trash. But I'll throw out the Australian Open. I hope he has a good draw and a chance to get to the semis.
1: OK, let's see. Um, what do you think, though, about that French Open run this year in 2022? Um, any disappointments there? I mean, that half of the draw was the sort of weaker half. pass went out quite early. Chilich went on that amazing run. But I think he was beatable that day, I think, um, for Andre. Um, some disappointments there, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he should have gone through Cilic. Um, You know, the, probably the better matchup for him would have be play Chilich on the red clay. But I don't think he gets by a very patient Kasper Rude uh, or Rafa Nadal. Obviously, Rafa Nadal was, uh, I mean, he was playing lights out tennis from January through early June last year until the injury uh, in England. So uh, I, I think... You know, if, if Rublev gets to the final four, I can't remember his draw. Was it rude in the semifinals that beat Chilich? Yeah. 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 So I still give Casper the edge there. Casper's just too patient for Rublev right now, especially on a slower surface. So um, I don't think it was a disappointing tournament. I think just the result where he had chances to beat Chilich uh certainly he can look back and say man i was as close as it gets to reaching a, a semifinals." i give the edge to casper rude there as someone who bets tennis and is a, i consider myself a good handicapper probably would handicap Ruud at maybe minus 150 or minus 160 as a favorite there so um him losing to rude wouldn't have been a surprise
1: yeah but it would at least be another step on this yes. this this schedule yes. if you like, of trying to get to a semifinals. which i think it's is it six quarterfinals or five grand slam quarterfinals that he's He's lost now, so there is a pattern emerging.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. I think as a competitive tennis player, everyone's had their their roadblocks, right? Oh, I just can't win this. This I can't get to the semifinals. I can't get to the finals. And I think you know, year by year, we've seen a lot of this happen. Look at Medvedev, who you know finally broke through, beat Djokovic at the at the U.S. Open a few years ago. I think this is the year Rublev does it. It's really the difference between Rublev and those great three players. Such as you know the big three, right? Djokovic, Nadal, and Fed is he needs a path. He needs the right matchups. Unfortunately for him, he needs those right matchups. And the stars have to align. He has to have the right 17 to 32 seed in the round of 32, the right nine through 16 seed in the round of 16. Stars have to align. Luck has to transpire. But if it all is aligned for Rublev, I think he is a very serious contender to reach a slams final. And obviously, if I think he can reach a slams final, he can reach a semifinal.
1: I think he is pretty popular, by the way. I mean, I saw him in Turin at the end of the year, and he seemed to get a lot of crowd support there from the neutral observers, if you like. I spoke to one or two oh. Italian journalists who mentioned how charming he was and interesting and, and funny. So I do think that some neutrals are warming to him. I think you're right regarding the the on-the-camera the on the peace uh, initiative, if you like. Um, so I do think he has got some support um what did you make though of the sissy Pass comments in november regarding the lack of tools
2: well i think you know it's not surprising you know i think sissy Paz to me is he's the most fascinating character on tour like I i feel like he wants to be a villain but yet he just is he's so hungry to be loved right i mean the whole the whole curios thing to me was Finally, we saw and we can use a wrestling term a professional wrestling term we actually saw a baby face switch to heel good guy and bad guy uh we saw that in wimbledon right and the Poss will just come out and and use these comments that to me are discouraging as a fan of what he does childish i don't think it was there was too much intent there because i do think these two guys have a ton of respect for each other uh Rubelov's tools um, I'll, I'll, I got to say, you know, Sissy Paz has the overall better tools, quote unquote. I think Sissy Paz's serve is vastly better. That's one thing Rublev really needs to work on his second serve. I mean, that's a huge liability. Uh, backhand, I think it goes to Rube. I think the shanks of Sissy Paz are uh, absolutely out of control at huge times. Forehand, probably Sissy Paz. Ali's probably Sissy Paz, but the tools are there for both players. Um, really immature move, but no big intent. I don't take this situation and, and and put a lot of emphasis on how um bad of a person sissy pass is like a lot of people say just a childish mistake I think he understood he made a mistake and I think these two are, are going to be close friends for years to come and also competitors
1: by the way close competitors certainly I think it's six five the head to head yeah. so they've played each other 11 times that's obviously not including uh yesterday's match uh, as an exhibition um but they are pretty closely matched in in terms of on the court.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's not a huge variance between the two. I also think you know Rublev can get him in the right spot indoors. Rublev is the better indoor player. I think uh, I'd love to see the head-to-head on clay. I would imagine Steph probably has the better record there. But
1: I remember them playing at the quarterfinals a couple of years ago at the French Open and and Pass
2: won. one. Yeah, is the better clay court player without a doubt. I think that um, I think Rublev and Steph will probably have very similar resumes at the end of the day. I think it's Medvedev who probably emerges when we look back 10 years from now as the, let's see. I mean, he's being a new father, I think has changed his persona a lot, but I I think Medvedev eventually will figure this out being a dad and getting back to his form in 2020 and 2021 to be the best of these young guys. But um, to compare the two, I, I. Maybe a slight edge to Sissy Paz as you show the record here, 6-5 to wins. It's all predicated on surface, though. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky
1: in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as you say, I think Grass could be an interesting matchup, bearing in mind the issues that both have had are, for one reason or another on that surface. Um, listen, what about Rublev's temperament? We did touch on it. It is something that that cannot be ignored. I know Craig O'Shannessy thinks that that basically he sort of cost himself a little bit in Turin he was playing Djokovic things were going fine I think they were on serve He had a breakdown, if you like, or a meltdown. And Djokovic wins the first set and doesn't look back. Now, that is Novak Djokovic indoors. But we had a a similar situation against Kaspar Ruud, perhaps, in the indoor situation. I think Ruud won about nine games in a row at the end of the first and the beginning of the second set, meaning basically he was just left in for dead, lost in straight sets. I thought that was a bit disappointing for Rublev to lose so comfortably to Kaspar Ruud, indoor hard, beatable player.
2: I think that was just running out of gas and emotion. The win over Medvedev was so emotional for him, what, four days prior. The win over Sissipas, what, two days prior, was even just as emotional. So uh, I think Rublev he needs to fix it. There's no doubt nobody needs to act like that on the court. But he is so elite uh, as, a, as a talent that I think it fuels him. I think it could also mess with the mind of the guys That are not quite at his level you cannot you cannot waste that type of energy against players that are better than you such as djokovic as you just mentioned you just can't do it you have to stay poised when he's playing guys that are significantly you know ranked lower than him i think it i think it kind of works you know i i can relate to that you know i'm not a saint on the tennis court um and sometimes i need that i need that fuel i need that negative energy to harness some sort of positive energy somehow get all that emotion out get all that frustration out maybe it's a cat and mouse game maybe your opponent thinks you're ready to fall apart but yet you know that no this is just a part of my plan i think Rublev is that elite where he can still throw his tantrums uh punch his strings uh get a bloody lip whatever it takes to really change the mindset of the match I think, I think it's I think it's the same thing for Medi. He does the same thing as well, but I think Rublev takes it to another level. I'm okay with it. You just have to think about your energy going into these matches against Nadal and Djokovic. That's where you really have to stay more tame.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, though, I would say, um, Brian, is that we don't necessarily see an upturn in form after the after the, the the meltdown, if you like. I mean, listen, we've seen meltdowns from a lot of top players, from John McEnroe all the way through to Djokovic, in many respects. But we do then see an upturn in form, or even a downturn in form, from their opponent. But let's talk Djokovic in the present day for the audience. At least that's someone or two that may not be old enough to remember McEnroe. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see uh, Djokovic have a meltdown. I remember him having a meltdown in Rome about eighteen months ago. But he goes on and wins the match and goes on and gets to the final. I think that year. Um, we, we'll see. We'll see other things. I think I saw him, you know, smash his racket in Australia on a few occasions, and I think against Taylor Fritz, I think it was maybe about two years ago. Again, he comes back and wins in five sets. So, um, you know, the the if you if we see the aggression, if we see the anger, but then we see okay, he needs this, and he's feeding positively off this, and maybe even his opponents feeding negatively off it. I think that's one thing. The problem with Rublev is we don't necessarily see a shoot up in form afterwards.
2: Yeah, I think. The one example where we kind of saw the level change was at the ATP uh, Tour Finals when he blew the first set against Medvedev seven six. He should have he should have cruised through that first yeah. set. He went he got he got pretty upset, right? But man, early break and then figured out a way to win. He, you know, the, I think it was at the, the the bloody knuckles match. I can't remember. There's so many incidents with Rublev over the years where he's done so many wild things. Um, I agree with you. I I think Rublev is not a candidate that will go crazy and then elevate his level where he just can go on a tear. Um, But he is, again, I go back to my point, like there's certain guys that you are so good and so much more talented than your opponent that you have to harness some negative energy to translate to positive. He did it. I mean, I watched that whole match against Mehdi. Um, It was a drag out battle from start to finish what a second set the performance second set was incredible i thought he was toast you lose that first set in a heartbreak you had every opportunity to win that set showed a lot about his character uh, against the, against his very good friend but yet you know it's a big time rivalry rarely ever beats med i think mean, what does it happen maybe one time before that i can remember mm-hmm. on the atp tour um this was a huge breakthrough and i think the atp tour finals was a huge breakthrough for Rublev. i mean to beat med and to beat sissy back-to-back matches that that's a game changer for me i'll throw away the casper match again so much emotion bef- uh, leading up to that match um, that's the worst matchup possible for anybody is to play someone with that kind of patience not flashy, not going to give you any points after going through those two wars that he did with the two previous guys I mentioned. So I agree with you. He, he, he's he's he got to figure this out. He's got to figure out a way to keep the emotions more so in check, uh, especially against these grueling, long matches against elite players.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I will say this regarding that Medvedev match. He basically won three sets it was it was a, it was a best yeah. to, you know it was first to two sets but he, he won that first set yeah. i do not and, and i don't think he necessarily lost it i don't know what happened in that tie break he was the better player for 12 games uh, he had a moment in the tie break when he obviously isn't on it quite and then Medvedev wins it. we see it a lot to be honest with you particularly from Rafa and Djokovic I would say probably more so Rafa and Djokovic than even Federer is that they can win sets and those guys can win matches and even slams without playing their best well Medvedev managed to win that first set without playing his best and I think you're right the psychological blow that must have been I was very impressed with how he turned it around he basically had to win that match twice in a way as a result. So hats off there I still think that you're being a bit kind though about the semi-final loss to Andre to Casper uh, Mood.
2: Hey I'm a sympathizer for Rublev so uh don't don't take my uh, my word too serious but no I agree he listen he it's still a massive match, a tremendous opportunity to win that match and have a chance to play against the guy. Let's just face it, Djokovic was pretty shook up, right? I mean, what Djokovic did against Medvedev with you know, the whole shaking incident that I've never seen before. I've never seen that guy not be human, right? So um, there was an opportunity for Rublev to win that match and maybe, uh, you know, hey, a puncher's chance against Djokovic in the finals, uh, opportunity loss. Yes. I'm being kind to Rubel, but, um, I do think it was a brutal matchup ba- based on the emotions.
0: Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um. Some other things, though, regarding Rublev and quarterfinal Tiafo. Were you at that match? I know I was. Were I was that not. Match? No,
2: no, no. I had a flight uh, out, I think. Uh, no, I, I was at the uh, Tiafo nadal match, and I had really? to leave after the first set because I had yeah. an evening flight. Uh, so, no, I was not at the Rube match. Uh, just, again, just that, the emotions of, of the U.S. crowd and Tiafo and the tiebreakers. I mean, just devastating loss i i thought Rublev was going to win that match i i really did even though the powers were against him the crowd was against him tiafos run i i'm just not a big tiafo guy i just think there's just so many you know nuances of him that that i'm not a huge fan of i think he's just an incredible athlete so i felt like this would have been the match rube said okay listen i got i have a path here a really good path to the semifinals. I play a guy that's ranked, you know, whatever at the time, 20 spots below me. Um, but it wasn't meant to be, you know, and, and I give uh, Tiafo a tremendous credit. What a match against Alcaraz the, the next, you know, two days later for Tiafo. He had his breakthrough tournament, but um, it's just a tough loss. You know, you run into a buzzsaw, you run into a crowd on, on Arthur Ashe Stadium that doesn't want you to win, and um, these things happen. And I still think it was a very successful tournament. The Chapeau win maybe the match top five match of the year and to to be on the right side of that was was huge for rube's confidence because he went in the next match you think he'd be gassed after playing a lot of tennis and man he just went into that nori match and a little murky in the first set and just cruised so i was at that match and was quite impressed with what i saw especially those backhands were just
1: beautiful did you say you were at the chapeau rublev match
2: I was not at the Chapeau-Ruble of match. I was in New York, but not that match. I, I missed that, which I regret, but I was at the uh, Nori match. I watched the whole
1: match. Okay, yeah, well, Nori was a very good win, as you say. I mean, I think yeah. for many people, they probably had Nori as a slight favorite, Anyway, but back to the Chapeau match, actually, I think there's a lot of positives to be taken for both players. I'm, I'm not always like that i think if you have a series of five set losses in particular tournaments or whatever then there is a, a thing to overcome but i think chapeau and, and to some extent rublev were at different stages of their career in fact chapeau was on a losing streak through large parts of this year pretty much post australia that actually that five set defeat especially as i think rublev was serving for the match And he gets it back on serve albeit losing the the tiebreaker at the end i thought it was a great match not necessarily the highest quality at all times from both sides of the net but often you get that with with chapeau in particular but i think there was some positive take for both i think as you say the rublev win against Norrie was extremely impressive Then it sets him up for that Tiafo match. I think you're right. It is difficult. I was in the stadium for that particular match, the quarterfinal against Tiafo. You know, every man and his dog was pretty much supporting the American, understandably, given the given his nationality and also the story behind it. Um, And I know but Rublev did take that defeat pretty hard. I think he was basically tearful. I think maybe at the end of the second set, he is hard on himself. And sometimes I don't know if you get the same impression, sometimes too hard.
2: Yeah, he's too hard himself, but I think if you if you watch Andre off the court and you watch a lot of his interviews and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, I think he really enjoys life. Like sometimes you see some of these pro athletes that they take themselves way too serious. Andre is interviewed, you know, especially during the ATP Tour finals where I think uh, they do a great job with all the behind the scenes stuff and Andre is asking questions, answering questions with a smile always and I, I don't know the answers. I don't know this. I don't know that. He, he doesn't take himself too serious, which I love. And uh, yeah, it's a heartbreak loss, you know. And I think I think what what the character shows me is that you know, two months later, you know, he put it he put it away, put it to the side, and he had a I thought a very good. ATP Tour Finals. I mean, a couple, you know, a couple things go wrong in the Rude match and that that's it, you know, that's the end of the tournament, but I think the Medvedev and Sissi Poss wins are so big for him going into 23, confidence that he can beat these guys on hard courts and no bigger event on hard courts uh, for the first half of the year coming up in a month from now.
1: Yeah, right. Um what would constitute a good 2023 for Andre?
2: Well, I think a top 10 finish, that's obvious. I think, you know, he's right now sitting, you know, in the seven to 10 hole consistently, but I've, you know, he, he, I think his goal will be top five. In order to get to the top five, you got to reach the quarterfinals at least two or three times for sure. I I think he needs to win uh, a few tournaments at at the 500 level or higher. Um, I think I don't want to speak for his goals or for uh, Vicente's goals I can't speak of that but I think the obvious answer is we got to get to a finals we got to get to a final fours we got to figure out a way to win this win one of these tournaments so a good 23 for me is uh, you, you win you know a handful of tournaments really solid you know six or seven events you you finish in the top 10 that's still really amazing ultimate goal yeah I would say probably you got you got a quarter nearly every one of these grand slams with the talent that you have and, and beyond that. that That's a great year for Rublev. But, you know, it just comes down to matchups with this guy. I mean, that's the problem here. Like, he gets some bad matchups for Rube, guys that get in his head, and it's it's major trouble for him at, at, at any point of the tournament. I feel like Rube's fine in round one and two. I mean, you saw what he did, especially to guys like Quan. These guys, he can just tear apart, right? They're just not on the same level, same power as him. But once we get to the round of 32, it gets a little murky. So Rublev really has to have good paths. I keep Pressing that. Same thing with Sissipas. Those two guys, it's just like, it's all about matchups and paths. Um, those two guys just really have to have the right, the right path to get to where they need to be. So, yeah, I mean, 2023, I think the ultimate goal is semifinals are better for Rube and at least quarter nearly every one of these slams, at least three out of four
1: yeah and i think beyond that i think a semi-final would be would be you know progress and as you say, top 10 finish i also think this win-loss record is okay in fact it's very good i mean probably a lot of people with worse win-loss records still make grand slam semi-finals especially those with a specific surface concentrate if you like uh or having going on a, a memorable run like tiafo did uh in new york but if you can also again the number of titles here again that's Great. I mean, I think that's maybe even more than Rafa this year. I think he won three. The thing is, though, Rafa won four as well. But the thing is, two of the four that Rafa won were were grand slams. If, for example. He wins four titles again in 2023 but one of them is a masters 1000 of course if it's a grand slam great and pe- perhaps monte carlo i know you touched upon his clay court prowess or, or, or abilities or otherwise there but i know we got to the final in 2021 lost to steph in that final uh sometimes going into monte carlo right now given where djokovic and nadal are in their careers They are sort of, you know, beginning their build-up, if you like, with Monte Carlo through to the French Open. So, I I think for both of those players, we have seen them off-colour. Uh, in in that particular uh, Masters 1000, I know neither of them has made the semi-finals in the last couple of years. I know Nadal was injured this year, but the previous year he lost to Rublev actually, um, so which is a really good win for Andre. And then also Djokovic this year went out to, to David Kina quite early, and also last year lost to Dan Evans in a in an inexplicable result. But we won't dwell on that because he went on to win the French Open. So I think I think if you can get a big title amongst those four, he's obviously already won 250s and 500s. If you can win one Masters 1000 and reach a grand slam semi i know you said three quarterfinals. i think if he got to one semi and went out early in the other three then that would arguably be a, a an improvement on this year
2: yeah i, I think so I, you can make an argument with with either you know either result whether it's a three quarterfinals or one semi-finals I think, you know, the 1000 that, you know, Rube really needs to emerge and step up would be in California or Florida. I mean, Indian Wells and Miami, those are two tournaments where Rublev really needs to step it up. We saw what Taylor Fritz can do. We saw what Hubie could do in the past. Um, Carlos obviously making his name down in uh in miami gardens uh back in march so Rublev, uh the opportunities there there is no reason why he cannot do what carlos Alcaraz and taylor fritz did in 2022 uh this 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 spring uh, i think indian wells to me is interesting for him the wind uh, i mean Rublev seems like a guy that would um you know, struggle more so than anyone. Pretty erratic. Same thing with Sissipas. Those are two guys that I'm not sure I like uh, betting on in, in windy, colder conditions. That, that would scare me a little bit, but I think Miami sets up well for Rubeluk.
1: Brian, anything I've missed in terms of Andre? You touched on his coach earlier. Uh, I don't know how important you feel he is. He's not somewhat as prominent uh, as, as perhaps other coaches on the tour. Um, Brian, you're sort of, you got some thoughts on his coaching situation? I, I love
2: Vicente. I mean, Vicente was a great player from Spain. He's only a few years older than me, born in 1977. I was born in 80, so I, I kind of remember Vicente. Uh, he was a great player. I mean, listen, what is the ATP Tour Coach of the Year, 2020, perhaps? Uh Two years ago so uh, i think he's done wonders with Rublev. i think he's able to harness the energy very well i love the back and forth with him. Uh, I had a chance to sit pretty close to Vicente at the U.S. Open and watch it unfold. I was more uh, tr- intrigued by the the dialogue with Vicente and Rube. You know, Rube with his hands screaming at Vicente after missing an easy shot, and yeah Vicente's there "Huh? I never figured out." You know, th- he needs him, and I think uh, it says a lot these days to be with a coach for what? I, I mean. Two years is like what? I mean, a miracle at this juncture. Well, more so on the WTA tour, these ladies are dropping their coaches left and right. But um, I, I think that Vicente has done a phenomenal job, as I see here on your screen. Twenty twenty Coach of the Year, obviously didn't have a chance to win it this year. There were some amazing candidates to some players that had great twenty twenty twos. But no, I think he's a huge part of the you know his his path, and I, I hope uh, I hope they stay together. I just want to see coaches stay with their players together for a long time that that's what i want to see in this game i think it's very important
1: yeah i did see some nice comments from from medvedev about his uh coach of course um, and I've seen other players very supportive of their coach. I know Dominic Team is has been with uh, you know his guy for a while. So Nicholas Massou. So I, I I think you're right. I think stability tends to breed success uh, uh, rather than chopping and changing all the while. I think probably the 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 best example, if you like, of just timing the changes right has been Roger Federer. I, I like the way that he sort of had three or four years generally very successful then just t- takes it up a notch with a different coach and so on and so forth. And arguably none more so than Lubacic, his, his final coach in 2016. And for that final stretch where, where Federer just came back, if you like, and and, and did some great stuff on the court. Um, any final points on Andre Rublev? Have I missed anything regarding 2022 or 2023 in particular?
2: No, I think I think we hit on some great points. I think, you know, you, you've you alluded to what, what transpired. I think uh, the French Open opportunity is... Was brutal for him uh, obviously the, the the path was there to to play um <clears throat> to play casper root and of course the opportunity uh in, in in the u.s open lost there with diafo so quarterfinals uh they were there hey i i'm i'm really curious to see what happens at, at wimbledon uh i would assume and hope that um the russian players uh, belarusian players as well are allowed to compete so i want to see how many and Rubel of, uh, do on grass. It's been a while. It feels like ages since we've seen those two compete on grass. So, uh, love to see how, how his results are there. Um, I hope to see Rube in person. There's a small chance I'll be down in Miami for the Miami open and always, I definitely will go back to the U S open this year and, um, I'll be at the Delray beach open, by the way, I'll plug that event. That event is stacked. Um, they have some great players, Taylor Fritz, Tommy, Paul, um, Chapo, defending champion cam nor is a good of this a great 250 down in delray beach florida if you uh folks if you're watching this listening to this and you have the ability to get down to delray beach beautiful venue off of atlantic avenue a ton to do delray beach open uh president's day week weekend i'll be there can't wait to uh can't wait to see these guys live in action
1: and uh talking of which uh if you want to catch brian on twitter i'll just put short shared your twitter page there what's your twitter handle Yeah,
2: it's at Rosenthal Razor. Razor is my nickname that was given to me several years ago as a tennis player and uh, just kind of resonated for years to come. And uh, some of my closest friends call me that. So uh, at Rosenthal Razor on Twitter.
1: Great. So give him a follow and, and, and keep up to date with all things tennis as you can here on the channel. Talking of which, this evening we've got our first of uh, seven episodes, I think it is, altogether together. Uh, at least seven at the moment have been recorded on matches of the year. That'll be on at 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 7 p.m. GMT, 8 p.m. Uh, C- Central European time and various times elsewhere. So make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel and also hit the notification bell and then you'll get, ah, oh, Talking Tennis is on right now. Um, Brian, I just want to say a big thank you for stopping by.
2: Thanks for having me. I'd love to join you again. This was a blast love talking tennis and, uh, just, uh, I know there's tennis going on right now, all the best to the folks that, that are, that are doing this. I hope it works out. I hope that people are watching, I'll put it on. I have to admit a little leery of taking it serious, but I think it's great to have an event around Christmas time, but, uh, super excited for what is about to transpire in about three weeks.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's when things really get serious. But yeah, tennis has barely stopped for for a breath of fresh air, and and it's already beginning again. But I think you're right. So after Christmas, the the United Cup in particular, and and the two fifties that that are really stacked at the beginning of the year will be particularly interesting. And then, of course, it's the Australian Open, and then we're then we're full speed ahead. Brian, just again, thanks very much.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Have a great
1: holiday season. Yeah, and to the rest of you, I will play you out with this short little clip. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.